0: The most important thing is look for God. Come on. Don't look for yourself. Don't look for your to-do list. Don't look for how to be a good Christian or a moral person. Don't look for those things. Look for the heart and the character of God because this is Him revealing Himself to you through this story of Him and His people.
1: The Bible is the most read, most translated, most globally distributed book in the history of the world. But how are we supposed to read it? To understand it? Is there a right way to Bible study? Well, how about we ask someone whose scripture center podcast recently topped all, and I mean literally all of Apple Podcasts, the creator of the Bible Recap and my dear friend, Tara Lee. TLC, my friend, how are we doing? I'm doing
0: great. How are you, Raj?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, we first met in Israel and that was actually the first trip we ever did. And it was a hot mess. So thank you for coming. Uh, I was actually (laughs) thinking about it the other day. And our first stop was an Ikea, I kid you not. And then the second stop was a gas station. So we obviously... We got better at what we were doing, but that trip was amazing, and it was awesome getting to meet you. But, you know, towards the end of, of the Israel Collective time that we were going on all these trips, a pastor once said to me, and there was this word that stuck out to me. He said, you know, I, I know you're doing all these trips, but I think the purpose of what you're doing specifically is you're supposed to be giving people a renewed joy for Scripture. And that that hit so unbelievably hard, it it kind of propelled to this show in general because that's kind of our heartbeat for this show. But talking about the actual Bible recap, how did, tell us the origin story. How did it come about?
0: I was in ministry as my job and a pastor friend of mine just casually asked me one day, Tara Lee, have you ever read the whole Bible? And I I grew up in church, Raj, I mean, nine months before I was born in church every Sunday. I private Christian school, My family owned a Christian bookstore. That was my first job. I started writing Bible studies in high school. Uh, I went into ministry in college. And so I said to him, I'm sure I've pieced it together over all that time. You know, when you've hit all those marks, surely I've pieced it together. And he said, you should read it all and you should read it in order so you Mm -hmm. understand the story. And I didn't really want to, to be honest which triggered that there was something off in my heart because I had tried and it was so confusing. And every time I read, I felt like I was just accumulating confusion. I wasn't accumulating understanding. And so I preferred to just stay in the cushy spots that I knew well. And I sort of understood, I love the Psalms and the Proverbs and the gospels. Yep. And he walked me through scripture. He, he told me, you can read it in a year in 12 minutes a day. And so I, I set out to do the chronological reading and he walked me through and answered my questions along the way and suddenly, through that process, I began to understand Scripture. It wasn't just—it um, wasn't just this thing that I had information of secondhand. Most of my knowledge of God came secondhand. Now I was gaining knowledge of, not, knowledge of God firsthand. And so, whenever He did that for me, it awakened something in me. Like you talked about with the Israel trip, this renewed joy of Scripture that began to awaken in me, and I wanted to do that for other people. So I walked one friend through the way he walked me through. And then when that clicked for her for the first time ever, I thought, okay, this is the ticket walking people through day by day. That is the way to help them accumulate knowledge and love and not just confusion. Mm. And so as I began to help people read, understand, and love scripture um, in that space with that one person. I decided I want to scale this for as many people as possible. So we created the podcast, which then became the YouTube, which became the book. So uh, all of those opportunities are really just conduits to help connect with people's hearts.
1: That's amazing. And uh, man, the fact that your podcast is doing so well, I, I have friends who I'll, I'll see on their Facebook page. And obviously, they don't know you personally. And the Bible recap is just everywhere. And your podcast, like we were talking about earlier, hit number one ahead of the Kelsey brothers. So you know, it's more, that's more or less the Taylor Swift podcast at this point. And so really my friend TLC has topped Taylor Swift in the charts. So congratulations. Uh, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) but now that we have you and, and everyone, you know, is so excited about what you're putting out, let me put it to you this way. Two-part question, but where in your estimation, now having done this, where should people start, man? That, that maybe they're completely they're beginners, they're newbies, and they're like, oh, they crack open the book and they're like, in Leviticus, like, yeah, they go to you know, let, let, let's 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 scroll to the end, Revelation, let's see how this thing ends, They're like, oh dear, and and you know, it's it's it can be overwhelming. And or here's the two-parter: someone is maybe opened it before, but man, they're struggling. They're they get to they get to Numbers, and they're like, so and so was the son of so and so, like how does this apply to me? What's going on? Am I doing this right? What would you say? What what would be your instructions to someone who's A, a a beginner, or B, someone who's really struggling?
0: Couple bits of advice I like to give to people in those situations. And every listener and viewer out there, at least one piece of this is for you, I promise. Um, If there were a movie that had a sequel, you would either, maybe you would either watch the first one first, Or let's say you didn't show up until the second one was out, like you watched the second one first, you would wanna go back at some point and watch the first one if you really loved it, right? So I would suggest reading chronologically and either starting in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, just start at the beginning of those story points, treat it like it's two movies that that work together. And so uh, the crazy thing though, uh, and I didn't know this for a long time, the Bible is not laid out in chronological order. It has you flipping back and forth a little bit if you wanna follow the actual storyline. It's laid out like a library. So there's like history and prophecy and poetry and those kinds of it's those kinds of sections. So to read it chronologically, you don't just read it front to back, which is shocking. I know it should be laid out like that, I think, but um, I would suggest starting in one of those two places, the Old Testament beginning of that story or the New Testament beginning of that story. And the thing that I think is going to be most helpful for anyone, especially the people who have tried and failed, like me, Uh, I failed so many times. I called myself a Genesis scholar because I'd read Genesis like (laughs) fifty times and nothing else. Um, Because I would just give up um, as I was in Genesis. I would say the most important thing is look for God. Come on, don't look for yourself. Don't look for your to-do list. Don't look for how to be a good Christian or a moral person. Don't look for those things. Look for the heart and the character of God, because this is him revealing himself to you through this story of him and his people. So looking for God is going to change everything, because here's the little bit I didn't tell you earlier. The first year when that pastor walked me through scripture, I finished and I read the whole thing chronologically. So cover to cover, I had written it, read it. um, And I finished and I believed it was true, all of it. And I didn't like God, mm. and, and I was de- I was devastated. I was heartbroken to realize that this is the true story of who God is, and I don't like Him. So I went back to that pastor, and I said, I, I, "And this is in all in all seriousness." I said, "I feel like you've ruined my life. Wow! Because I'm in full time ministry. I can't I can't fake this. So i have got to go get another job now um, because I've read it all, and I don't like Him." And he said, okay, Terry Lee, I have another challenge for you because I have walked through this with you and I've seen the questions that you're asking about God. When we have our conversations, the things that you're asking, the lens through which you're reading it, I've seen that lens. And so my new challenge for you is to read it and this time look for God. Stop looking for yourself. Mm. Stop treating it like it's all about you because it's not. And Raj, I read it again. And I was halfway through the Old Testament, and I fell in love. I was smitten. Same book I just read. Totally different result. Wow. Totally different result. Because I wasn't looking for Terry Lee. I was looking for God. Oof. Changed everything.
1: That's so good. That's so good. And I, I love that you said the Old and the New Testament, all 66 books. You know, This, this might be, I'll say something that could maybe come across as a little controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. One of the things that really breaks my heart is when people say, I'm, I'm a new I'm a New Testament person like I, I get that but man if you don't know the old as you were saying the prequel the, the the sequel you're missing so much of the beauty and I think that's that's my heart's cry is like it's not just information it's not just practical wisdom which of course it is there is so much obnoxiously beautiful just it, it the, the Old Testament, Combined with the New Testament, if you read it and you see the symmetry and you see what God's doing and you see, okay, I, I can grab Ruth over here and I can grab Ezekiel over here. Then I can go over here to Romans and it's it's just this one big, beautiful tapestry. This is how I heard it put. The Bible sometimes can look like a, a tapestry where we, like you were saying, I don't like you, I, you, what, what you're actually doing is you might be seeing the back of the tapestry. There's strings over here, there's purple, and there's red, and there's green, and there's loose strings and everything. But then every once in a while, when, you're, when you've when you really asked the Holy Spirit to reveal Scripture, it's almost like God flips the tapestry around, and you see the front of it, and you're like, whoa. It, it, it's almost emotional how beautiful this thing can be. Uh, so let me ask you this question. Why specifically is Bible literacy so important to you?
0: Raj, you're married, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So why is getting to know who your wife is important?
1: How, okay. I have an answer for that, but I so, <laughs> know that my wife's going to see this video because she is the love of my life. She is the most beautiful thing that's ever been created. She is she is just poetry in motion. She is my wife, Caitlin. I love you. That's that's, <laughs> that's basically why. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: So people who would say that they are Christ followers, who say that they, they love God, um, this is God's chosen way to reveal himself to his people. Mm. It's the most reliable source we have for who he is. And yes, creation reveals him. Yes, we can, learn about, uh, we can learn about him through other means and through interactions with other people. But every other thing that we have that we see about who God is, we have to measure it against what his word says. And so if we don't have that rubric for understanding, if we don't have that as our measuring stick, then every worship song that you love that makes your heart soar, you don't even know if those words are true. If you haven't read the scriptures, there is a lot of heresy in worship songs and people miss it because they don't read the word. And so I would say... That reading scripture is important, not because it's applicable to our lives. Like if somebody asked you, like, how is Caitlin applicable to your life? Like, isn't that kind of just a weird question to even comprehend? And so the way that scripture is applicable to our lives is because it's the God you're in a relationship with, the eternal God of the universe who created you with a purpose to be in relationship with him, who invited you into that relationship, adopted you into his family, loves you infinitely and wants to be known and loved
1: by you. Let's go, TLC. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) like like I said earlier, you and I met in Israel, so let's talk a little bit about the land of the Bible, but before we get there, let me ask you one uh, prerequisite. What do you do as, you know, the creator of the Bible Recap? Help us out. When you're reading some of this, uh, I don't know, let's call it funky or uncomfortable (laughs) or, wait, what stuff in Joshua and the judges? And you're like, yo, homie, like, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Bible study, help me out. This stuff seems right. outdated. This seems harsh. This seems yikes. What do you do with the funky stuff in the Old Testament?
0: I think a couple things are important. First of all, Jesus said that the Old Testament reveals him. So, Jesus, shocker, doesn't just uh, show up in a manger in Matthew. Jesus says, I've been there all along. The Old Testament is about me. He says this repeatedly, that the Old Testament is about him. And so always, as we're looking for God and we're not looking for our application point or our takeaway or which of these laws still, which am I still held to today? Like those are important questions to ask. But remember that we're looking for God first and foremost. So second thing is, sometimes when we're looking for God, we find tensions that are challenging to resolve, Sometimes the context, so when you read in chronological order and you get the context, uh, as opposed to just like playing Bible roulette and dropping down wherever, you don't understand, we don't treat movies like that. You don't show up halfway through a movie, watch five minutes and expect to understand the plot or expect to fall in love with the main character. Like we don't do that.
1: Great analogy. So
0: reading it in context is going to be helpful. You're going to understand mostly God's motivations in doing the things that are like feel wonky to us. Um, but also there's gonna be times where a question that you have in Leviticus isn't answered until Hebrews. And in our chronological reading plan, that's about nine months later. So you have to be willing to bear uncertainty. You have to be willing to embrace that uncertainty and not expect that God is going to give you every answer the first time you sit down to try to read scripture. That was me. I was like, oh, I haven't read this thing my whole life. And the first time I sit down to read it, I expect to understand it all. And honestly, the the whole reason I wanted all of my questions answered was because I didn't want to read it again. Mm. Mm. How gross is that? Right. The fact that God leaves some questions unanswered means that there's still more for me to learn, that I get to keep learning that I'm humbled by the fact that I don't understand everything. Maybe I'm not going to understand it for five more trips through scripture because I'm doing this. This isn't, this isn't a box to check for me. This is air to breathe. I'm doing this every day until I'm in the ground. I'm on my 16th trip through scripture now and I'll be doing the same plan, God willing until I die. And so, and I love it. I learn new stuff all the time and it's amazing. It keeps it exciting. And so embrace that uncertainty, expect that God's going to continue to reveal things to you as you look for him in the scriptures. And if it's not revealed on this side of eternity, trust that it will be revealed on the other side of eternity, but you're not here to get answers. You're here to get God. And so as you lean in to scripture, Remember, you're not looking for answers, you're looking for God.
1: Preach this, preach. You know, uh, you said something earlier where you said uh, that Jesus is in the Old Testament. And, I, you know, I, as I was like praying and studying about what we're going to talk about today, I was just kind of randomly reading through like Isaiah 49, 50, 51, 52, 53. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Bro, <laughs> this is oh my!" I, 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 I don't mean to sound so. I mean, we are here in Southern California, so I can say "bro" and all that stuff. But like, I, I, uh-huh. I, I honestly, this stuff is just. I almost gets to the point of welling welling up with tears because it's so rich and beautiful. So let me read you just a couple couple things from from Isaiah forty nine through fifty three. Just a couple verses here and there, and I want to ask the question: Is this about Israel? Or is this about Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua of Nazareth? Or is it both? Is it too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel I have kept? I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, check it out, to him who was, despised, and abhorred by the nations. Let me jump ahead a little bit. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget. Check this out. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Jumping ahead a little bit. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not Hide my face from mocking and spitting. Oh, my goodness. Let's let's skip ahead a little bit more. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. I, I, I could go on for a long time. Let me give you a couple more. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. The Lord will bear His holy arm in the sight of all nations, and the end of the on the ends of the earth will see the salvation of the Lord. Now, all of Isaiah 53, I could quote here. I'm not gonna, but man, it it is just the 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 foreknowledge and the beauty and the poetry of God is just insane when we think about the fact that Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus, and because of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we know that it wasn't changed. But listen to this. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one whom from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, and bore our suffering. We, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Here it is. But he was pierced for our transgressions; he was crushed. For our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I oh man, I get those goosebumps when I, when I read Isaiah. It's just like it's just so unbelievably magnificent this this tapestry that God has has woven. And so let me ask you this. We're talking about Israel, talking about Jesus and the, and the, and the whole synergy of it. Why is Israel so important to you? You know, I have uh, this coffee table and on it is this huge book that written by my friend TLC, where it's all about pictures about Israel. And so obviously Israel is near and dear to, you, to your heart. Why is it?
0: The first time I went to Israel, when I came back, I, everybody had always said, once in a lifetime trip, the brochure, that I, I still have the brochure for my first trip. It says once in a lifetime trip. I came home from Israel after having seen these sites, walked where Jesus walked. Um, you know, I, I understand that the spirit of the living God dwells in me, that like I, we are the temple of God. And so there is, no space that is necessarily where I'm going to go that I'm not going to carry him with me. There's no, there's no time that I am without access to him. But the, the saturation of Mm -hmm. my intensity of my feeling and my emotion there, that's I think the thing that really caught me. And when I came home, I remember I just sat on my bed and sobbed and I was like, God, if that is a once in a lifetime trip, you're going to have to kill me now because I have got to go
1: back there.
0: Like that is, I cannot imagine living the whole rest of my life, not going back there. I just longed for it. Um, The way I, the way I would compare it is so I'm single and um, I would compare it to like, if you, you fall in love with a person, and then you get to go meet their family and you're like oh my goodness this makes so much sense now like i've seen your hometown like i understand like why you say that thing you say and where you got your hair from and like just you sort of understand things in a greater sense and it's not that you love that person more it's that you maybe understand nuances um dimensions that you didn't catch before and so it ignited my love for jesus in a way that um, you know, they say it brings the scripture alive. Like it really does add context to scripture, but for me, it was, it was, it was not just scripture. It was Jesus. It mm. really made me fall in love with Jesus more.
1: Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I just,
0: I can't get enough. I, I go every chance I get, um, got back from my 20th trip there, um, in September and can't wait to, to go back.
1: Okay. So let me ask you this, cause you're the creator of the Bible recap. I'm going to put you on the spot. Your favorite book in the Bible? your least favorite book in the Bible, and your favorite character?
0: Okay. Um, I mean, who doesn't love John, right? Like John is amazing as a book. Uh, but I also really like Hebrews. Mm. And I think Hebrews just brings so much together in Scripture. It is a very dense book to try to read. I have to read it very slowly. I have to read a lot of commentaries when I read it. Um, but I love Hebrews and Here's also why I kind of love Hebrews uh, a little more than maybe I should is um, because I think my theory on who wrote Hebrews. So, like pe- people have different theories. A lot of people think it was Paul. I am one of the people who thinks it was Apollos, mm. and Apollos is my Bible crush. And so, <laughs> so that's another reason that I, I love Hebrews is I think Apollos wrote it. Um, now, why, why is your why
1: is he your Bible in crush? The
0: Bible oh man he's so like he's he's so wise and zealous and he's like teaching people and he's zealous but when people come along and tell him like hey you're, you're missing a few key points and he's like oh teach me more and so a lot of times those Theo bros who have a lot of knowledge are not teachable they are not humble enough to keep learning but my guy was like tell me what I don't know fill me in and like helped launch the early church like I love it so much and he's you know pals with Paul like who can't love that? Mm. Paul wrote two thirds of the new Testament, you know? Mm. Um, so I just, I really like Apollos. He's kind of like the, a background player, but I love his, uh, what I presume to be his personality. Um, but my favorite person in scripture apart from him is probably the Shunammite woman in second Kings four. I just love that woman. Mm. I just, I am so excited to meet her someday.
1: Mm. You know, uh, My favorite, and I've said it on the show before, is is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those three homies, dude. Like, when they're, can you imagine the social pressure, the the humiliation, the consternation, the 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 pure pressure to just bow? Don't be that guy. Don't stand up for what you believe in. Look, everyone, all the other people around you are 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 kneeling to this statue. Just do it. Why are you creating a stink? It's like, no, these are, like, you know what, we're, we're just not gonna. And in that moment though, it, obviously famously, they, they're thrown into the fire and who's in there, there's a fourth in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar says, it looks like the son of God. And it's just like, when you, when you, when your faith, not, not, not in a rude way, but when your faith is, is mixed with bravery and courage, it's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's some of the beautiful stuff. Um, so yeah. in, in our last few minutes here, um, having read the Bible, you know, or not, you've, done, you've read obviously more than that, but done this whole thing 16 times, I think you said. And as, you know, as someone who's kind of, be, is an authority on scripture and all that jazz, how has the God of the Bible transformed you?
0: Oh man. So in Psalm 1611, David says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David had everything, I mean, ever and he and he says, this is where it's at. And so I end every episode of the Bible recap by saying he's where the joy is. Come on. And that is my, I mean, like write it on my tombstone. It's more important than my name. Like he's where the joy is. And your girl is after the joy. Like I want the joy. I want all of it. And the more I get to know him, what's crazy is the more I get to know him, the more fears and anxieties and insecurities and all of those things. They, they they find something that that um, calms them, mm. that puts them in their rightful place. I don't feel shamed. Uh, like for for whatever reason, uh, just knowing him, it doesn't mean I don't have fears. It means that fears get put in their rightful place. It means that anxieties get put in their rightful place, insecurities, um, all of those things. Uh, anger, it gets put in its rightful place. And I am freed up to just walk in more joy. And who doesn't want that? It's just crazy how knowing him saturates my life with something that nothing else in the world can offer.
1: Mm. I love that the one word that keeps coming up is joy. It's not obligation, it's not routine, it's not um, have to, It's, Mm -hmm. it's joy. And I love that. And so, uh, you know, usually, the, you know, whenever we have someone on the show, I'm sure they have like a book to, to sell or whatever, but specifically with this, I genuinely, we genuinely want people to, you know, experience the stuff that you're creating. So one, how can people find your stuff? What's up next for the Bible recap? Um, and what will people see when they when they get into the Bible recap space? <laughs>
0: Wow. I would love for them to join us for the Bible Recap. So we have a lot of choose-your-own-adventure options. You, If you are a, an auditory learner, you can do the podcast. You can do YouTube videos. If you like to do books, we've got a book. It's a big book, but it's two pages a day. Two pages a day. So here's how it works. To do our plan, you, you go to the thebiblerecap.com, click the Start page, and then it's going to provide you with those choose-your-own-adventure options. And here's how it works. You do about 12 minutes of reading a day. If you're a slow reader, or you can't read, or you're an auditory learner, the Bible app will read it to you. And so no excuses, right? You can choose your accent. You can choose whatever version you want it read to you in. And then after you do your Bible reading, you come and you do whatever format for the Bible recap that you want, whether it's our podcast, YouTube, or book. And what I do is I explain to you what you just read, what we just read together. Um, I answer a lot of the questions that I assume people are going to have. I try to like make connections between Jesus and the Old Testament, I try to say, oh, this feels like contradictory. So how do we resolve this? And then every day we end with what we call the God shot, which is our snapshot of God and his character from that day. So we're pointing to the character of God as we saw it show up in scripture that day. So that podcast and YouTube are about eight minutes a day. The book is two pages. So what you're looking at for just reading through the Bible is about 20 minutes a day and you have that. And I promise you, you're going to get in it and you're going to get hooked. You're going to fall in love more with him and you're going to want to do it all over. We have people who are doing it for the sixth year. This is our sixth year. And people who've been with us from day one, who, who are like, I'm in this till death. And so jump in with us. Um, we also, if you are a person, so that's where we read the Bible is the Bible recap. We also have uh, Bible study projects. Um, so we have something called D group where we study the Bible together. And we're launching our first piece of curriculum with that, which is, is called uh, the Knowing Jesus series. So we're doing Knowing Jesus as King, which is a study of the book of Matthew. And that comes out in April.
1: I remember when you were creating the D group and now look at you. You're you're taking over the world, sis. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Really, I'm so proud of you. All right, last thing we have, let's say a minute or two left. Um, And we'll close with this. So again, thank you for coming on the show. Love you to death. Super proud of you. But we'll close with this. And you've you've already touched on a bunch of uh, of things, but let, let me just ask you this as we close. My friend here clicked on this video. They saw TLC, they saw the Bible recap and they have a Bible in their hand. They're like, yo, uh, I maybe, I guess, uh, sure. But they clicked on this video and now they have you in front of them on their screen and they're like, okay, the Bible. Is it is it legit? Should I really do this? What, what would you say to someone who just kind of stumbled upon this video?
0: I would say, look at me right now, person. Uh, you have so much joy to uncover in this space, please don't miss it by treating the Bible like a box to check. If you are going to dwell in shame about how much you you should read it, I'm about to set you free. Because if you are in Christ, everything that you need to do to have the Father's approval has already been granted to you through the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. So that means you don't have anything to prove. You just have a love to fall into. So that means you get to read the Bible to fall in love with God, not to impress him, not to make him not punish you because Jesus took your punishment for you. If you are in Christ, there's no punishment left for you. No wrath of God is coming for you. You just get to fall in love. So every day that you're in God's word, you're right on time. You're gonna fall behind in a reading plan. Who, Who cares? Every day that you're in his word, you're right on time. So pick up the next day that you think about it and get back in the word and fall in love because he's where the joy is. That's what
1: I say. TLC, you are awesome.
0: You are too, my friend. I love that we get to do this and have these conversations.
1: Yes, man. Love you so much. We'll talk soon.